listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Hey, this is Todd Urey, CEO of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. We're here live in Orlando, Florida at the National Community Pharmacists Association's 2023 coverage show. We can't wait for you to hear these amazing interviews. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Network's press coverage of the National Community Pharmacy Association's annual conference. Hundreds of pharmacists, pharmacy owners, technicians, and students attended the 2023 NCPA annual convention at the Orange County Convention Center in Orlando between October 14th and October 17th. Thank you to the Independent Pharmacy Cooperative, known as IPC, for being our media support sponsor for this three-part series. And now, here's our host, CEO and founder of the PPN, Todd Yuri. We're at the NCPA 2023, and guess who I ran into? Mark Asenza, welcome to the show. Thanks, Todd. Thank you for having me. It's always great to see you, and thank you very much for all you do with community pharmacy in our nation and, uh, and making sure that we're a strong, prosperous, prosperous uh, you know, group within this industry. So it's always, always great to see you, and we're proud to have you here in our booth uh, at NCPA. We are here in the IPC booth. This is so much fun. We're surrounded by people that are making their way through the uh, expo hall, and there's a lot of energy here. There's a lot of excitement. And I want to say this, there's a lot of purposefulness in this conference. We have a lot of people who are finally connecting the dots to things that we've been talking about for five years ago, including an upcoming uh, division of digital health tools that IPC is developing. I want to shift to you as someone who's really having to see so many facets of, uh, of the independent pharmacy cooperative, not only from a leadership perspective, but you're listening to the members and the owners, which is 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 big. There's a lot of pressure on your shoulders. Like, how do you handle that kind of pressure as a leader? Well, I, I think it really comes down to the fact that we're, we're a member-owned cooperative. So when it is the pharmacists and the store owners calling the office, meeting me on the floor, or whatever avenue they have to communicate with me, you know, as being myself as well as the staff as a servant leader to what it is that they need and what they're asking for. That's what a, a cooperative is supposed to do. And what I'm heartened by is that the, the, the model is changing significantly for independent pharmacy with the declining reimbursements, the DIR cliff that's coming up, um, and just the, just the nuances of how after COVID, all these state organizations working towards provider status and this patchwork of, of laws that we have, how do we prepare ourselves as an industry for the future? And you've always heard me in, in previous podcasts when we talked about future-proofing independent pharmacy. What's most important of all that is that we need to see where the, the needs as well as the opportunities for independent pharmacy will be in the future. And that's when the members, all that pressure comes down to is we have a plan. And what our plan is, is to be able to work through either our digital platform, which is at the end of the day a construct of a platform that can also be added onto in the future, but also taking advantage of immediate opportunities with remote patient monitoring, at-home care testing, um, you know, telepharmacy light as we call it, and, yeah. and teledoc. So having having a plan for the future is the really the way to, you know, you know, disarm some of the emotion. Uh, that's coming in our marketplace, not to not to to minimize it, but to understand that we understand that it's out there, 
the members have some opportunities that are coming up and that we're working diligently through their efforts and our efforts to, uh, to future-proof independent pharmacy. So there's listeners out there, Mark, who are not members of your group, of not members of the IPC team, and they're listening and they're wondering, so what's really the difference between you know, one group to the next? And any group that helps community independent pharmacy, I'm a fan of. However, there's, there's something very special when you constantly have input coming from your member base that are in the grassroots actually doing the work, actually seeing how their services are impacting patients. What do you say to those, um, those pharmacy owners who are very worried about the coming DIR fee apocalypse, as well as um, kind of making some pivots and some changes? Um, what's the top three things per se that they can think about as pharmacy owners to really measure the value that they could get from this group? So I think one of the major things is, is that we're, we're a, uh, being a cooperative or non-equity group. So everything that we generate from uh, our relationship as our primary wholesaler with McKesson, all those admin fees that they, they pay to us uh, to, in order to manage the programs that we have, plus we have a major warehouse in Madison, Wisconsin, 100% of those funds go back to the members. So okay. there's actually no cost to, to joining our group. It's a matter of participating, voting for, for board memberships, participating in our board, and being engaged as a cooperative, what it really tr truly is supposed to be, which is a grassroots indication of what's going on in the various areas of the nation and, and educating us as to what needs to get done. The other thing is, traditionally in the past, GPOs are, as we the name suggests, a group purchasing organization. It's an aggregator of volume. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody who's negotiated a contract with their primary wholesaler over the last several years realizes that it's coming to a low watermark where there's just not the margins to be given in renegotiating contracts. Aggregation of volume doesn't necessarily matter. It's mixed between your generics and your brand and your specialty. So what you really need to do is, is have yourself in a pharmacy services organization, which is that we like to call ourselves now versus a, necessarily a GPO, but a pharmacy services corporation, that are putting out new programs and services that'll uh, bring new patients and new revenue streams into, into the mix, yeah. give you the tools that you need. Because a lot of times our members are specifically getting, they'll have a DSCSC uh, vendor that'll come in and offer a solution. And then they'll have a reverse logistics solution come in. And then they'll have a pharmacy management solution come in. And then they'll have, a, you name it. Yeah. What we're trying to do at IPC as a pharmacy service organization is to partner with the best of the best that are out there, do the vetting for our members, but then consolidate that into a digestible form because our members, at the end of the day, don't have the time to make the yeah. decisions, take the meetings, and do all the research. So what we're trying to do is put that all together for them in one platform, which is what the digital health is going to be uh, as we're having, uh, working on today, but also what the 2.0, the 3.0, and the 4.0, those are in the, next, you know, in the next coming years where we have manufacturer services such as um, patient assistance programs, which we're currently working on. Mm -hmm. Having a solution for long, you know, some type of long-term care. Have some type of solution for specialty at independent retail, which has always been a, you know, an issue. And as we get to more and more specialty drugs, we'll get squeezed less and less out of the prescription base. Yeah. So those are the types of things we're working on. So as, as an independent owner, I would suggest, you know, get yourself with a with a uh, with a GPO or a group or a buying group that really has the future thought of what they're doing. Plus, also the resources. That's the one benefit of IPC. Uh, our warehouse and our uh, relationship with McKesson, which is longstanding, uh, really allow us to have the resources to invest in this, uh, the programs that we have uh, to you know, make the membership stronger.
Mark, thank you so much for participating in the post show. Um, we're always excited to work with IPC. If you'd like some more information on IPC, please go to IPCRX.com. Mark, thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me. NCPA 2023, we are here at the IPC booth. I think it's booth number 935. I'm here with Mark McKinney. Mark, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Todd. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. So you have something to share with us. It's an update and follow-up to some initiatives with United Health. Would you kind of elaborate on that and tell us um, your update? Yeah, absolutely. We're really excited about an initiative we're working with uh, with United Health. It's in Michigan. They're a med managed Medicaid program, and better taking care of patients and making sure that they're getting the medications they need. Um, it's it's not on the um, medical billing side, but it's on Equip, which most of our pharmacies are already familiar with. So it's not anything new for them to submit claims on this. Um, but we're trying to impact uh, four different um, um, categories uh, that are pain points for United Health to make sure that they get their patients taken care of. And um, from my understanding is that you know United Health has used um, phone banks with nurses and therapists and physicians in the past uh, with limited success. What they wanted to do is to see if uh, independent pharmacies in those local communities, yeah. which many times have had relationships you know, with those patients generationally, right? right. Um, coming in the pharmacy, having those discussions face-to-face -face, uh, with people that they trust, would that be able to move the needle? And so we're in our second year now. We've had some really good results after the first year. In fact, um, IPC pharmacies uh, ended up um, uh, based upon the adherence uh, measures, actually outperformed the chains in other states that they're doing similar projects in. So we're really happy with the uh, efforts of our pharmacies. We got a really good uh, turnout uh, participation. We had 80 pharmacies sign up. Uh, over, pharma over 40 of those pharmacies have been continued through the program submitting claims. And what makes this really unique, Todd, is we're we're not just getting paid on the uh, outcome measurement, but we're also getting paid by the intervention or the counseling of that patient. Okay. So um, that's that's the unique piece of this, and it is unique to independent pharmacy and exclusive uh, uh, independent pharmacy in the Michigan program. Um, but if you look at you know the RASA, diabetes, cholesterol, um, statin use with patients with uh, diabetes, uh, these are the measurements that we're trying to really make an impact on. And again, at the end of last year, you know, we, we showed that there was a value there. And, and um, United Health has been, I believe, really happy you know, with those results and, and continued the program for this year. Uh, for next year, we're looking at actually layering in some additional uh, opportunities, including A1C testing, uh, point of care at the pharmacy, and pharmacies getting paid for that and managing that diabetic patient. And what we hope to do is to take these results um, and the model and then scale it across the country. And we're looking at other states such as Florida and Texas maybe. And uh, But as pharmacies, community pharmacies can prove their worth, um, 
you know, I, I think other payers as well are going to be very interested in, in doing a, a similar program. Yeah, the question that I had, which I think you almost answered, was how do we spread this throughout the nation? So if we're having this kind of a success in Michigan, you're saying that you're already kind of targeting other states to push this out through. We, we have, and I am, you know, I'm kind of glad that we started a year ago um, in, in one state. Uh, because it was new to us, quite frankly. It was new to the pharmacies. Uh, but now we, we have that experience and the ability to demonstrate you know, that we can move the needle on adherence and outcomes. Um, and again, I have to go back and get paid for that, that counseling. Yep. And that's, that's what pharmacies have not done before. Um, I think everyone feels that there's been programs out there that look at adherence outcomes. Yep. Um, but this is unique, again, in the sense that when that patient comes into your pharmacy, uh, you do the counseling uh, and you get paid for that advance. And it's as simple as going in to uh, equip. Uh, that patient is identified as an eligible patient. And you literally only have to click one other box, submit the claim, uh, and, and get paid. So it's, it's a pretty simple process. Yep. We're also looking at potentially going down the medical billing route with them as well in another program. Uh, we've had those discussions. Uh, and so that'll be new to us as well, but we're looking forward to the challenge. Mark McKinney, IPC, thank you so much for being part of the NCPA 2023 post show. Okay. Thanks, Todd. ran into here at the NCPA 2023 post show. I I get to see people coming down the hallway. We get texts from each other. You're the new state. You're the new state association president for Maine. Correct. But you're a pharmacy owner too. Correct. Tell our listeners about your new appointment and also I want to hear more about you as a pharmacy owner as well. well Steve Mackey. Thank you, Todd. I appreciate that. My name is Steve Mackey. I am the president of the Maine Pharmacy Association. I am also the proud owner of Spruce Mountain Pharmacy in lovely Jay, Maine. Uh, Jay, Maine's a western mountains of Maine. Um, I've owned the pharmacy since 2009, uh, built it up from scratch, and we moved into our great brand new facility just before COVID hit in 2019 uh, with compounding lab, uh, private vaccine room, um, medication adherence packaging. Uh, what else do we do? We do everything. I mean, you know, MedSync, hey, let's, forget, let's not forget about that. Um, so in my newest role, because I don't have anything else to do in all my free time running my pharmacy, uh, I was asked politely to consider running for president. And by gosh, I did. One, and here I am, uh, president of the Maine Pharmacy Association. So super excited about that role, super excited about bringing independent pharmacy voice back to the Maine Pharmacy Association. Um, we've had a great diversity of different leadership and different um, opportunities for academia and corporate leadership, but I think it's time to hear the voice back of the independent pharmacy, because we've got a lot of strong independent pharmacies in the state of Maine. I'd like to give them some voice, some opportunities to rebrand themselves, regrow their business, yeah. reconnect with communities and say, you know something? The independent pharmacy is where it's at for great customer service, great uh, continuity of care. We're here for you, and where can we grow and move forward? Yep. I think of transitions of care. That's a big term that we've been hearing about. And the state associations have a very unique position within that concept and kind of like spell it out to you and ask you questions about that. And that is, 
if you had somebody in your state association that worked at a health system pharmacy, a hospital system pharmacy, and now you have this influx of, of oversight and, and ideas that are coming out of community pharmacy owners, transitions of care now can be talked about at the boardroom to really make programs better and tighter so that we don't lose patients and then, of course, adherence just starts you know, falling away. Oh, exactly. Can you talk a little bit about transitions of care? Uh, transitions of care is definitely going to be a uh, challenge, uh, especially in a rural state like Maine, yeah. making sure that we get uh, med lists, make sure we get patients in front of us, make sure that they have their medication with them. I need to see what they have at home. What are they coming out of the hospital with? How do we help them have better healthy outcomes with what we have. I think at Spruce Mountain Pharmacy, we're in great position uh, to help that with our patients, uh, especially with our compliance packaging system. Um, that, it, that gives us a great tool to make sure that patients are taking the medication on time, appropriately, and to give us the ability to monitor that because if they're not taking the medication appropriately, we're gonna know because they're not calling in their refills on time or they're telling us, oh no, I still have medication left. That gives us the ability to get that intervention in there to prevent those bounce back patients winding back up into the healthcare system in deeper trouble or having poor outcomes. Excellent, excellent. So we wanna hear more from you as you move forward in your tenure and being president of the Maine Pharmacists Association. Um, give um, our uh, love and our support to the entire association from the Pharmacy Podcast Network. We're excited that you're here at the NCPA 2023. Before we let you go, why is it important to come to organization organizational meetings uh, like the NCPA every year? Uh, I've been, this is my fourth NCPA meeting. It is a energetic, great opportunity to network, learn, see some superstars that are doing great things across this country that are leading edge for independent pharmacies, independent thinkers. Where do we think outside of the box? How can we do pharmacy different? How can we do it better? How can we make outcomes that give patients uh, better quality of life? And I think that's where NCPA is hitting its mark and giving us the opportunities to have those tools in front of us and be able to bring those home to our home states and then integrate that in and start doing best practices. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much for being part of the post show, Steve. And uh, we can't wait to talk to you again soon. Awesome, Todd. Thank you very much. Have a great rest of the show. This was one of the uh, most amazing gatherings of community pharmacy owners here at the NCPA 2023. Closing the show now, we have Doug Hoy. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Todd. Glad to be here. And you're right. It's been a fantastic show. There's been lots of energy and no one's sticking their head in the sand that there are plenty of challenges in the retail pharmacy marketplace, but there's also so many opportunities and the successful pharmacy owners are here at NCPA and they are you know, sharing, networking, um, you know, talking how, about how they are succeeding uh, in this challenging market and also seeing some opportunities. We see uh, chain pharmacies closing. And with those closures, we hope that there will be some additional opportunities for uh, other pharmacies. So we want to start right out of the gate with you. There was a lawsuit that you spoke on here, but listeners that may not have attended the uh, conference, I want you to bring us up to date of, of how that's progressing. So at the conference, we talked about our legal strategy to recoup the uh, DIR fees that have, we believe have been stolen, taken from independent pharmacies. So the first P 
piece of the legal strategy, and this is not an NCPA lawsuit, but it's one that the three law firms that um, worked with the independent pharmacy owner from Iowa who filed the class action lawsuit, NCPA has been educating and talking with those law firms for, for quite some time. Um, but the class action lawsuit to recoup DIR fees, that was filed a couple of weeks ago. And pharmacies don't have to do anything. They're, they are in the suit. Um, in, unless they happen to own a large PBM, then they, they would be excluded. Uh, that's the one exclusion. But they are in the class action lawsuit. There's nothing that they need to do. But at the conference, we had those same law firms uh, on our stage talking to the membership and then with individual me meetings afterward talking about uh, something called the Trust LLC. And what the trust is, is pharmacies need to make their individual decision whether or not to join the trust. If they join the trust, they would be asked to assign their claims. Basically, what that would mean is that if they believe they have a claim against a PBM, and a claim would be that the PBM has taken, stolen, illegally taken DIR fees from them, if they believe that claim, uh, they would assign that uh, claim to the trust. And the idea is we believe that there will be thousands of pharmacies that choose to join the trust. Uh, the trust will then uh, arbitrate, uh, take those cases to arbitration with the PBM. So when, I f when I'm listening to you, I'm hearing that there you have to start somewhere. You have to be involved in something. We've been encouraging uh, pharmacy owners to join their um, their state pharmacy associations, re-engage, become more active. I just got done talking with Steve Mackey, just elected president of Maine Pharmacy Association, and he even made the point, if you're not active, if you're not part of it, then you shouldn't be complaining unless you're active in something. And when I think of the NCPA, it's the same thing. If you're a community pharmacy owner, you have to get involved. I, I want you to speak to the membership, and I also want you to speak to those uh, listeners out there who may not be members. Yeah, we have. Um, you, you do have to be involved. Uh, we would want you to be involved with NCPA, but a pharmacy owner who is passive, who just hopes the business walks in their door and hopes that you know AWP minus plus is going to be a, the, the profit center that it was years and years ago. Um, I guess I'd be concerned about their future viability. You do have to be active, you do have to be your own advocate, and you do have to speak up. 51% of all of the payments for, for prescriptions on average, according to the new digest, the new NCPA digest that just came out, are Medicaid and Medicare, so you have to be an advocate. NCPA is the voice of the community pharmacist, period. So if you're a community pharmacist and you're not part of NCPA, your voice isn't being heard. One of the ways your voice would be heard would be if you choose to be in this in the trust LLC. For NCPA members, they if they choose to be in the trust LLC, there's no cost. For non-members, it's $1,000 um, per location uh, to be in the trust LLC if that's what they choose to do. So that's one prime example where it makes it makes sense. If you want to if you want to slug back against the PBMs in court, you need to be an NCPA member, and if you need to make that decision if you want to, to join the Trust LLC. All right, I'm gonna shift gears to innovation because I love innovation. I've been in technology, that's how I entered pharmacy was technology. So anything that is, is future or tech or anything excites me. Something that is exciting me that is coming from NCPA is Rana Hauser. 
Like she is a powerhouse and she's teaching community pharmacies how to grow their long-term care business. That's just one example of some of the innovation from NCPA. What are some of the innovations that, that are exciting you? Well, you mentioned Ron Hauser. Ron Hauser is our senior vice president of uh, pharmacy and policies affairs, and she's a pharmacist and you know one of, one of the many talented members we have on the, the NCPA team. In innovation, we, NCPA, helped to start CPESN. CPSN, when we, uh, NCPA's mantra is changing the pharmacy payment model, changing the, people are going to get sick of hearing me say changing the pharmacy payment model, but that is exactly what we have to do to make independent pharmacy viable and allow us to care for the patients that we serve. CPSN it has all kinds of different innovative uh, business models uh, where we're working, it's working with payers to um, use the talents of networks of local pharmacies to improve patient care and, and get payment for those services. There, there was an example I used in my speech this morning from um, the Iowa network, the Iowa CPSN network, where in that network, they helped reduce um, repeat uh, inpatient admissions by 30%, 30% reduction of patients going back to the hospital. I mean, that's good on so many levels. They were paid uh, on average over $8,000 per pharmacy for the services they provide to reduce those inpatient admissions. It's, you know, it's what we've been talking about in pharmacy for decades that let us practice to the top of our license and pay us for those services, pay us for that value that we provide. And it's happening. And some of that innovation is happening in um, CPSN. The other place innovation is happening is you mentioned the convention on our exhibit hall floor. I mean, we've got over 200 exhibitors. They are exhibitors. The only reason those exhibitors exist is to help independent pharmacy owners. Mm -hmm. Yes, they're trying to sell something to independent pharmacy owners, no doubt. Mm -hmm. But they, if they don't have value, if their products and services don't have value, they're not going to be around. So they are there to help independent pharmacy owners and some of the, whether it's technology, services, products that are on the show floor, that's um, some really striking innovation that can help with the efficiencies that are needed, especially today, especially when pharmacies need efficiencies um, with the workforce, uh, with labor being so tight and uh, labor expenses going up due to inflation. Anytime you can create more efficiencies in your pharmacy, you, it, it can save the pharmacy a lot of money. So that's another area where I'm excited about innovation. We're looking forward to 2024. Uh, where's NCPA 2024 taking place? 2024, we're in Columbus, Ohio. So this is the first time we've ever been to Columbus. Uh, I'm excited about it. When we signed the contract almost five years ago, I was thinking, you know, Columbus, gosh, you know, it's not necessarily a travel destination, um, but it's centrally located. It's got, a, it's got a good airport as far as people flying in. People can drive in. The other thing is way back, in, not way back, but in 2014, we uh, were in Austin, Texas. Mm -hmm. And Austin was growing, but you know, Austin has, has exploded. And I compare uh, Austin a little bit to Columbus. I mean, they're both kind of medium-sized cities, huge uh, college campuses, both state capitals. And um, they have a, you know, a thriving a social restaurant bar scene right by the convention center. So I think people who come to Columbus are going to be delighted with not only the meeting itself, but also just with the social aspect of it. 
I'm excited because it's within driving distance for me in Pittsburgh. So we're going to have a ton of people driving in from Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and of course, uh, in Indiana and, and coming to that central point. And um, Cardinal Health is in Dublin. So they're, they're, it's in their backyard as well. And I know the exact shopping area that you're talking about. We take our children down there and there's a Lego, uh, there's a Lego store there. So if you're listening and you have kids, uh, there will be something for your families to do because there's a, there's a lot of uh, shopping and, and restaurant areas that have been developed there. Yeah. No, I've seen, I mean, it's been a few years since I've been there, but there's, uh, you know, young kid stuff and older kid stuff too, uh, all in the area. So there's something for everyone. Um, and like I said, the meeting, the facility itself is actually very nice too. So I think Columbus is going to be, you know, one of those hidden gems that uh, people are really going to like. Uh, Doug, we are proud to cover the NCPA um, year after year. Um, thank you for having us here as press and media. And if there's anything we can do with you and in, in, in amplifying your message in 2024, please reach out to us. Now, I appreciate that, Todd. There's a, it's, 2024 is going to be an exciting year for independent pharmacy. I mean, I know that sounds cliche. I probably said that in 2023. <laughs> but it really is the, the, the payment model is changing. And in some respects, it's changing for the better. In other respects, it could change for the worse, and that's one area where NCPA is working. You mentioned Rana. Rana and her team are working very diligently with the regulatory, the, the, the regulators and government to try to make sure that new changes to how pharmacies are paid, especially with the uh, top 10 drugs being negotiated by the government and Medicare, it's really going to have some dr dramatic changes for pharmacy payments. So it's an exciting time. It's a dynamic time, and the folks who are advocating for themselves and willing to try things new, they're going to be very successful um, over the next decade. Thank you, Doug. It's great having you. Appreciate it, Todd. Take care.